This is the June 2009 article from Scientific American, presented by Audible. It's called The Taming of the Cat, written by David C. Catling, Carlos A. Driscoll, Juliet Clotten-Brock, and Andrew C. Kirchner, as well as Stephen J. O'Brien. They report on genetic and archaeological findings that suggest wild cats became house cats much earlier and in a much different place. It is by turns aloof and affectionate, serene and savage, endearing and exasperating. Despite its mercurial nature, however, the house cat is the most popular pet in the world. A third of American households have feline members, and more than 600 million cats live among humans worldwide. Yet, as familiar as these creatures are, a complete understanding of their origins has proved elusive. Whereas other once wild animals were domesticated for their milk, meat, wool, or servile labor, cats contribute virtually nothing in the way of sustenance or work to human endeavor. How then did they become commonplace fixtures in our homes? Scholars long believed that the ancient Egyptians were the first to keep cats as pets, starting around 3,600 years ago. But genetic and archaeological discoveries made over the past five years have revised this scenario and have generated fresh insights into both the ancestry of the house cat and how its relationship with humans evolved. Cat's Cradle The question of where house cats first arose has been challenging to resolve for several reasons. Although a number of investigators suspected that all varieties descend from just one cat species, Felis sylvestris, the wild cat, they could not be certain. In addition, that species is not confined to a small corner of the globe. It is represented by populations living throughout the Old World, from Scotland to South Africa and from Spain to Mongolia, and until recently scientists had no way of determining unequivocally which of these wildcat populations gave rise to the tamer so-called domestic kind. Indeed, as an alternative to the Egyptian origins hypothesis, some researchers had even proposed that cat domestication occurred in a number of different locations, with each domestication spawning a different breed. Confounding the issue was the fact that members of these wildcat groups are hard to tell apart from one another and from feral domesticated cats with so-called mackerel tabby coats because all of them have the same pelage pattern of curved stripes and they interbreed freely with one another, further blurring population boundaries. In 2000, one of us, Driscoll, set out to tackle the question by assembling DNA samples from some 979 wildcats and domestic cats in southern Africa, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, and the Middle East. Because wildcats typically defend a single territory for life, he expected that the genetic composition of wildcat groups would vary across geography, but remain stable over time, as has occurred in many other cat species. If regional indigenous groups of these animals could be distinguished from one another on the basis of their DNA, and if the DNA of domestic cats more closely resembled that of one of the wildcat populations, then he would have clear evidence for where domestication began. In the genetic analysis published in 2007, Driscoll, another of us, O'Brien, and their colleagues focused on two kinds of DNA that molecular biologists traditionally examined to differentiate subgroups of mammal species. DNA from mitochondria, which is inherited exclusively from the mother, and a short, repetitive sequences of nuclear DNA known as microsatellites. Using established computer routines, they assess the ancestry of each of the 979 individuals sampled based on their genetic signatures.